So we've touched on the Parita and the Abhidharma. Now to mention the Puja. Puja is the offering, offering of of honouring, sometimes praising or honouring Puja to make a devotional offering. So we're just kind of getting a sense of the atmosphere that you want to generate. So Abhidharma chanting is really pretty sobering because this is about, you know, death and getting people to be very steady. When you're chanting at a funeral, it's everybody's just give them a steady tone uh, that calms and it's pretty, you know, factual. <laughs> you know, these are elements. Parita is, the idea is it's protection. So there's a certain sort of gathering of energy to bring forth a certain kind of strength, you know. And so certainly the forest teachers would often do parita chanting if they're on their own in caves or in forests. The feeling was, you know, you're actually protecting yourself against spirits, ghost spirits, and also protecting your heart against fear. And... uh, Distress of various kinds, you know, you're alone, stuck in a forest. Help. Then, okay, Buddha. <laughs> you know, and then protect your heart, Parita, by gathering up these, these um, recollections. And um, they're not just rational sayings, they have an energy to them. That's the idea, anyway, with you. I guess it's what you put into it. But heart energy is definitely a palpable thing very palpable, you know, if you're angry or they're compassionate, it's not just an idea. There's an energy that comes out with that. And you get a whole group of people angry, it is pretty, you know, uh, pretty frightening. The energy is intense. But of course, conversely, opposite effect. So that's that's the theme, you know. Uh, <laughs> And this sometimes gets lost in our, in our kind of culture where high energy, what are you talking about? You have physical energy and you think. You might have emotions that pass through, but actually use them as a steady energy that you deliberately generate, bring forth and send out. This is, you know, a bit wacky really, but it happens to be true. <laughs> Depending on your receptivity, of course, everything is only true if you feel it. And you, you know, you could reflect on that a lot. You know, when we have shrines, stupas, holy places, monasteries, temples where people just chant, and you know, the idea is you're really imparting an energy into that atmosphere that people can pick up. So, Paritta is protective. And puja is devotion, aspiration, alignment to the triple gem, alignment to the qualities of the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, resonating with them, getting a feeling for it, committing to it. You know, so it's that kind of, often we use it as the, as the well, bookmark, it's not a very nice word, but the, the prelude to the day, so you're trying to set up that particular heart energy. You know. 
aspiration. Because, you know, if we don't have aspiration, we just get humdrum. Um, or we get depressed, or we just get caught up in, you know, our own inner stuff. And the opposite extreme is you're trying to achieve something. Then you get this kind of achievement mentality in meditation or in anything, really, and that it's, it gives a kind of push and a strain. But aspiration is affirmation of where you stand. So it's empowering. Aspiration is... This is where I stand, this is what I bring forth. I stand on precepts. I emanate harmlessness. I cultivate it. If I lose it, I return to it. You know, I, I take a stand on careful speech. If I lose it, I go back to it. So you do it every day, you're doing this. And I take a stand on awakening, on Buddha, on path, and on community of resolution, rather than just these people happen to be living with. <laughs> you know, so the idea is you elevate, you know, the day, and then of course, the end of the day, whatever's been, you gain, you know, whatever's gone astray, you try to, all oh, right, realign. Then you can take your meditation into however long you can before you want to take a, go to rest. You might even do chant, brief chant before you go to sleep, a blessing, sharing of merit, sending forth um, goodwill to others as your, as your last thing of the day, last 15 minutes or so. It seems to be always a nice tidy way to, you know, to terminate the, the waking day. So you just keep the heart bright. So bearing this in mind, I hope I imagine this isn't really new, but it's good to keep remembering it. Then how does puja, how does our chanting somehow touch into that in ourselves? Uh, you know, and also try to uh, generate an atmosphere, a quality, a tonality that encourages that in others. So then we, we have a shared aspiration environment. So it's really trying to get the heart toned right. Naturally, voice and sound, very powerful effect on the heart, much more powerful than sight, because it resonates in the body, sound resonates in the body. Right? (laughs) And it's around you. It's, It's produced by the body. Sight isn't produced by the body in the same way that sound is actually you have to create it through your own body. So your own embodiment with its energies is now participating in an offering of, of heart, something heartful. So this is why we chant rather than just say the words. And saying the words is useful, but it doesn't go anywhere near the effect and the and the purpose of of chanting, where it really does bring up energies in the body that steady and, you know, people who look into this, I'm not an expert, so there's definitely purification of body energy through chanting is part of what it's about. So we try to 
sort of have some of that, you know, hold the body up. And then if you're leading it, then in a way you are the tone setter. Mm. I have thought it's quite useful to have, you know, different people lead so that uh, everybody gets a chance to take that, rather chance take a responsibility and also to train themselves. You know, how do I support the group? Mm. Um, anyway, if you are leading it, any occasion, remember you have certain um, prerogative. You know, you've got to pick the tone. <laughs> you know, you pick, you find the tone. That's going to be your mid-tone. But there probably could be a range. It could be like the top of it or the bottom of it. Uh, you know, your mid-tone. And you have to find your way with that, depending on what your vocal cords will do. So, you know, mid-tone. I can lift it. And I could drop it. Dropping it to me is a little duller. The resonance isn't so bright. But you might be able to drop it and have quite a bright resonance to that. But, you know, the leader generally gets a few syllables to, you know, to set the tone. So chanting a few syllables in a row to set, set the tone. And so that's your opportunity. <laughs> and generally through, through the chanting, that occurs several times. You know, like each, each stanza or each, each area, the leader once again, and then everybody comes in on that. So you've got a chance to just adjust it a tad. I think if there's any adjustment, it needs to be small because if it's too much of a wrench, people do, oh, it, it, it wrenches and then people feel confused. But if you feel it's getting a bit, you know, either squeaky or growly, you might want to, you know, drop it or raise it a, a tad. But the beginning of it, as the leader, you can lengthen those syllables, particularly when they come in with your so. If you've got a vowel sound, which really has no finite ending. There's no consonant clipping it off. So you can actually stretch it a bit, give yourself a chance to, to feel what the sound is doing. And also, if you, you start a yeah, oh, wait a minute, yeah, no, hang on, yeah, excuse me, you know, that's acceptable. Because people just, they don't mind. Um, And you can start off fairly soft until you get a bit of confidence. You know, so you can build it up as you you swell into the sound. And then you lift it, rise it. So it really is, this is is for the Buddha. You know, it's not high. (laughs) It's like... And depending on your own heart nature, you know, some people are a bit more ebullient than others. You just try to get that that quality across. So that sense even of visualising the the sound going up, as if you're, you know, raising some flowers and offering them to the Buddha. Ark. Oh, my God.
that's about where my breath is going to give up. Because I use a lot on stretching the first couple of consonants. That's okay, because everybody else will have picked it up by then. So you can get through the first five or six syllables, then other people have picked it up and be carrying it forward. So I might, you know, if I could take a breath, I'd pick it up again. I think it's also really useful or to remember, you know, because we're so visually attuned to getting to the end of the line, to really make your breath kind of like anywhere, but in middle of the line, because most people will tend to want to get to the end of the line before they breathe. So just breathe in the middle and just listening up. Where are other people breathing? So you try to avoid where other people are breathing so you get the overlap. So that's the leader. And then the, the followers or the rest, the rest of us, you know, we go try and, oh, you, oh, I can't get there. I'm a, yo, so. <laughs> do I get, I can't get up there, you know. So you just, it's kind of, just keep it soft. And try to use your ears. And just see, gently listening in, you know, it may help your voice to rise. But uh, I think um, if you really can't get to where else is at, it's probably wise just to keep your voice quiet and keep trying. Also, um, note speed. Um, Speed, the things can either slow down where it's just drudging along because the voice box gets tired. So by the time you've done about, depending on obviously each individual, you might have done 10 minutes and you get into the bit in the morning chanting where it's kind of you've done that and done that and done that and you're getting around to devotedly indeed, you devotedly indeed. <laughs> it's going down and down. <laughs> So that's happening. Maranam, Mayam, Dam, Dam, Sitwa, Ewam, Janama, Jati, Bidoka, Jara, Bidoka, Maranam, Bidoka, Soka, Paridewa, Doka, Domana, Supayasa, Bidoka. Apiehi sambayo ko to ko piehi vipayo. Oh dear, you're looking how long we've got to go. Yeah. Probably good to stop. Mm. I don't know, you know, the courteous way to to um, to indicate group. I think we should just reset. You know, with ring a bell or something. You know, just a little without getting too militaristic about it, just, we just take a break. Where were we in the leader? Maranam pitukang soka baridewa dukadom. So you can just kind of, if it seems to be going down, 
too far, or if it's going too fast. There's a, you know, if it's going too fast, there's a sense in which we're trying to get it done. Or if it's going too slow, we feel we're driving through it. In the early days, we would do just the first section of the morning chanting and then meditate. And then at the end of the meditation, we do the second section. It may have been that actually shorter, shorter spurts were more manageable. And also that people's energy in the mornings isn't generally that bright. So if you're trying to get their voices to go through, you know, 20 minutes or so, they're going to start tailing off after about 12 and it's going to be grinding. And then it doesn't give the right impression, it gives a rather disagreeable impression. So these are just strategies, you know, to deal with the human capacities as they are. Shall we try something? And then maybe take, take a few turns, see how we can adjust. I'm going to do this in Pali, just because I, I find it will be, for what we're doing here, just helpful to main, because you try to maintain the tone. And if you're going to shift into English, to the blessed one, it can be like a little bit more uh, adjustment you have to do. I mean, at the moment, this is what we're doing, we do it in Pali and English as a general thing. But let's start off just using the Pali, as is it evening chanting, you know. Well, that's quiet. <laughs> Shall we try again? We will. Sama Sambudho Pagkawa 
บุญหังบากวันทังอภิวาเทมิสวากทุมากวัตถัมมุนามังนามัสามิสุปฏิปันโนอังกวัตโตสาวกสังโฆสังหังนามามิ So that sounded fine to me. And again, with those bowing things, because this is also there's a bodily gesture, you can kind of lengthen. The lengthening the vowel generally gives a little more resonance to it. Namami, you know. So you're really lingering. That, that sort of adds a bit more of that uh, quality to that gesture. Seems straightforward enough. So, um, would anyone else be willing to lead? And we could try and pick up his or her voice. Improved as you went along, as your voice got into it. 
how is it with like you know the Suchira Parini Butopi? It's five short syllables in a row, and so if you do those, I often find that if I have a lot of short syllables, if I do them each at half rate, I'm if I do them in sort of correctly, um, I'm often ahead of the group by the time I uh, finish them. Well, it's actually it's not short syllables. There are a lot of short syllables. There's one guru, which is the nib. Nib, right. So chara, five shorts in a row. So chara, chara, yeah, right, okay. So those should go at sort of half the length or so of a short syllable. But what I usually, I often find it with, with those, I'm ahead of the group by the time I've got to my, um, got to the fifth short one. Hmm. Yeah, well, there is a, a tendency for people to lose those short syllables. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, sometimes you just hang out on the nib until everybody else catches up. Sadhu no bande pangawa suchira parini putopi. And, you know, you can always just lengthen it a tad. I mean, we're trying to kind of... can't be too mathematical about it. it if it just creates disharmony. But, because it was the Thai form, I think, is suchira parin Yeah, they sound it differently. So, as I say, a lot of us have picked up Tight intonations and flexions, which are, have their own particular logic. How was the sound tone for everyone? How did you find that? Yeah, nice. Yeah, you could you, you could get that that. Well, it wasn't. I didn't hear anything disharmonious, so it sounded okay. Also, for the lead, I noticed you know, your voice was not pushing it out because you don't need to. You're the only voice in the room, so it doesn't need to be that loud. So that gave it, I think, a little more richness. The sound wasn't strained; it was richer. And particularly by the time you're getting round to those. Swakatos, where you're solo, the sound is much richer than when you began, where you were just still finding your way. I think it's your turn. Okay. okay. Right behind you. Yo. <laughs> Sadhu no bande 
Self-conscious. Yeah, quite self-conscious. I don't have much confidence. In it. Yeah, yeah. I think the thought of someone ringing the bell and telling me to change. Hands <laughs> <laughs> off the bell. This is just kicking around practice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's nice to do it though. I think it's just it's just a good thing to work with. In terms, of that's kind of why I like to do it. Is kind of trying to find the personal balance really, and just work with that. Yeah, of course. You know, with any of these things, there can be that sense of when you get worrying, trying to get it right, and it's a built-in mechanism, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Particularly when you when you're the only voice everybody else is listening to, <laughs> or you're trying to lead it. It seemed it seemed okay. I mean, I think as with all of us, I think it improved over the few lives. It started off a little bit tentative, and then by the time you're coming in the last night, it was much richer. I find the body needs time to settle down. Uh-huh. Just find that personal balance, and then you become a bit more receptive. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you could hear everybody else. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I think uh, the other thing is to recognise that when we're chanting, we should all be able to hear the leader, so we're not louder than the leader, but also that the leader can hear us. <laughs> But we can all hear the leader because that's, that's the one who's setting the tone. And so ideally, it blends into the voices, become one voice with just the leader, just a little bit stronger. That's the ideal. So, so you've got that, that's the flag, you know, and everybody else is, and the voices all merge. So let's have some female input. Sadhana, 
If it's fun, then you'll do more of it. That's the idea. <laughs> fun is infectious. <laughs> the voice sounded good. Yeah, this morning is a bit better. It was steady. It was a good steady tone. I find mm. it more difficult if somebody is reading with a very silent voice. Mm. Then it's female voice. Yeah. You notice that I think it's something like the voice, men's voice is an octave lower. So you know your sound whatever it is, you know, will come in on and those voices will blend harmoniously but they're actually an octave apart. What it means is, by and large, if you're chanting with the male group, it's good to keep your voice as high as, pretty high. Really? Yeah, because otherwise we could be in the basement, growling along underneath it. We're going to be an octave lower. Okay. You see, I try to go a little bit down so to make it more comfortable for you, but I think it was okay. It was okay, yeah. I think we could make that. Because when you started, it was yeah, and it depends as you learn, you know, like for example I'm in China Grand and Krunica, I've got to go to the top of my range, my middle range. Okay, you know, you'll be able to flex in accordance with who you're chanting with. I remember in, in the Bodhiana when we were chanting, um, the second person who has to then do the English part of the heading yeah. and would always rise covers by one pitch. Mm-hmm. Because while we were chanting, it would go down, and so when we came to the next part, and uh, probably English, the person who did the English and really went deliberately one up. And that was a horrible toy. And the person who was leading the chanting didn't always like it because that took the leadership away. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it was a bit of a... All kinds of issues. Uh, uh, so when you're doing recollections, you know, then the tonality is not quite so important because they're, they're just... I am of the nature to age. You know, it, it, it's, it's not like a devotional offering. So often we chant, you know, with devotional offerings, you, 
have your hands like that, and any recollections. You know, I am of a nature to age, I have not gone beyond aging. They're, they're ideally they're internal. Now, as I said, you know, a lot of this chanting, well, the chanting is always a good degree of internal so that you're getting it, you're getting the feeling of it, you know, so your voice isn't completely out there. Some of it's the, the tonalities and the resonances are held in your body, so you're actually getting the benefit and it's keeping you tuned in. You know, the recollections, the internalization is quite, is more, you know, I am of nature to die. <laughs> well, you might find that devotional on a bad day, you know. <laughs> Keep going, you know, 32 parts of the body. Mucus. <laughs> so the idea is it's kind of like, mm. you know, sober reflection. I have the nature to age. I have not gone beyond aging. So this subdued tone. 